Hey, this is Mike Koenigs. I have a special episode with you today, especially if you love sales psychology and you love the art and craft of selling to high-level executives like CEOs. I have a special guest. His name is Nate Kiedman. He is the founder and CEO of Linked Strategies. They have a really, really unique model for booking opportunities to speak with executives. So, and this is for real, if you wanted to get a meeting with Elon Musk or Tim Cook or someone like that, um, they've got a system and a process because some of their clients have in fact booked conversations with them. And so this whole conversation is all about getting high quality customers, booking your calendar for you or your sales team with qualified prospects who already know they're speaking with the sales representatives. So Nate, great to be here with you today. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Well, well, I am too. Thank you, Mike. All right. So before we get into some of the how and the process and the framework that you put together, let's uh, begin with a little bit of your why and how you got into this business in the first place and why it's so important for you and your family. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate uh, you asking that question, Mike. The, you know, my wife and I have been working together for many, many years and um, it spurred off because of our love and passion to want to grow conscious and transformational companies. But this kind of uh, originated back when I was 16 years old. I had a car accident and, a, and an out-of-body experience, and I was out completely unconscious at the hospital. And when I came to, I had a whole bunch of people in my hospital room or waiting for me to come see and visit. And it was like everybody I ever knew, or it seemed like, and I was young, so I don't know the exact number, but it felt like hundreds of my friends from high school. And I was a junior in high school at the time. And I just remember thinking uh, with a fractured C2 vertebrae stuck in my bed, just kind of looking with my eyes, but not turning my body. Um, man, this is amazing. And it's, life's really about relationships with with ourselves, with others, and with our higher power. And uh, I later had that as a as a thesis in my uh, undergrad program for a biblical studies program that I went through. And then uh, later in business, um, became one of the uh, top LinkedIn uh, trainers and strategists in the LinkedIn space because of their focus on relationships matter as one of their originating taglines. And then ultimately to grow into the business we're in today, which is not LinkedIn focused, but it is focused on executive engagement strategies and accelerated growth programs. And what our mission today is, is to accelerate the growth uh, of conscious and transformational companies for uh, companies, businesses, and individuals that are looking to do great things in the world for their people, for the world, for the, the environment, whatever that might be. And we're here, uh, even if it's just for them contributing better to social causes and they have like a more generic business, but they have the ability to give back. Those are the types of companies with the mindsets we're looking to do great things for. All right. Well, I know one of the things that I love about when we were brainstorming earlier, you talked about being a conscious business growth accelerator. And so um, we're going to get into some of the how of what you do because it is really unique. But I think there's a framework that everyone needs to understand first, which is if you are going to boot book executive meetings with high level executives like a Tim Cook and Elon Musk, et cetera, et cetera, or whoever the equivalent of that is in your business category, 
and you want to go to the top and get the highest value people who are decision makers and check writers, there's a psychology behind that. And um, there's also a mythology. And and we're all these days getting spammed on LinkedIn, for example. It's turned into a horrible, ineffective platform for the most part. Um, and you've got a completely different model. But why don't you talk a little bit about the mythology that you've got to overcome in order to even present what it is you're doing and the, the psychology and process you have, Nate. Yeah, for sure. So many, many companies out there are focused on the wrong thing. They're focused on the lead. They're focused on the tactic. They're focused on uh, the method or the path, whether it's LinkedIn or some other social platform or whatever that might be, or the combination of all of them to be more snazzy in the market today, right? Ultimately, what really matters is the marriage between the data, the delivery tech, and the messaging that you use, and then all the steps inside of that that are required to get the attention of an executive that is willing to not just not just attention, but respond positively, right? So think about this. Think about the idea that if you have a BDR team or an SDR team, right, and you're asking this junior kid right out of college to go get the attention of a senior executive, right? Just, just think of it. Does that make any common sense? I mean, does it? No, like, that you already lost me at kid trying to talk because his messaging is going to be way off. He's yeah. got no right to even have the conversation. Really, that CEO is not going to give him permission. You're going to be like, who the hell is this kid? And it, it could ruin your reputation or your chance of ever having a conversation again because you're exhibiting yes. poor decision. Um, you know, it's like now, it's like, but, what the hell are you thinking? Right. Well, now imagine a hundred of those BDRs doing that with unyielded ability to do it to anyone they want in the marketplace on your brand's behalf and on your executive's behalf. Oh my God. By the way, what are those acronyms for? The so BDR and, and SDR. BDR, so BDR business yeah. development rep, SDR, sales development rep. Inside sales would be another title, various titles for the same activity, which are, we're going to go hire kids to go pound sand until we get leads that are qualified, right? That's the general model of a book called Predictable Revenue. And they was targeting low targeted executives with low ticket offers. And that could possibly work if you're a SaaS tech company and you're pounding sand to directors and managers, but you get to the executive level, that model is broke. Don't do it. Don't buy into it. And if you did, then call us so we can help you fix it. Because holy cow, this is the most unbelievable mistake executive organizations trying to engage executives have. And the irony of it is, is that all the PE firms, all the VC firms, they push this methodology because it's the going standard ideology of how to grow a business. Can it work sometimes? Sure. If you pound sand enough and you spam enough and you call enough till you annoy the hell out of your market to go get the tactical relationship, sure, right? But you're burning the future for today's opportunity, right? And so, and I'm going to just do a sidestep on that. The brand damage, the deliverability damage, like I know I won't name the name of the company because I, I, I know insiders at the organization, they had this model with 10, only 10 people doing this model, they had lost complete deliverability and were spam blocked on every spam server out there for their primary domain email because of this methodology, right? And this is a nearly billion dollar organization, right? Like it's, it's 
and nobody talks about this because no one's ever going to tell you that that happened. You will never hear that in the news because no one's ever going to leak it because nobody wants to be looked like that, right? So that is one of many things that is a big myth in the market. Um, the other, you know, so like the big myth is that a BDR can engage the executive market successfully and consistently. It's a myth, right? Now, if you want to go down that route and you want to crack that code, then it's usually only going to be successful if there's a lot of executives involved and a lot of controls and systems in place. And it was super expensive. I know one company that did it, but they put 20 million a year to make it happen, right? 20 million a year to get 8,000 meetings a year that were bank qualified with mid, mid level, not C-suite, but director VP level titles. Okay. So it is possible, but it took them several years to do it and a hell of a huge budget to make it happen. Right. So it just gets down to what we're going to get to eventually here is de-risking that entire process because that's really what it is. It's like no one's got the time, no one's got the money. Or if you do, having, you know, finding out and thinking ahead that you can do this yourself in six months is, is a big fat myth. And you can't just bring in and buy that Rolodex. So let's talk a little bit about um, one of the core strategies you have, which is the impact analysis, which I've been through. Um, I know I had the experience of it broke my brain at first, and I considered myself a pretty sophisticated marketer. Um, and you you turned the dial like 37.3 degrees. It wasn't like a 180 degree flip. But um, what happens and why is it so effective in producing two to 10 times more revenue uh, when you go through the process? And you've got a couple of case studies I know you can draw from either with Evoke or Stemonics. But um, first of all, what's the impact analysis? Why is it so important? Uh, so the impact analysis is the process of identifying value, right? That's the bottom line. It is what is your value in the eyes of your buyer? And how do you articulate that in the most authentic, quick, and effective way? And most companies don't do this super well, or they think they do, but they're doing something that's in the way of it. And what I mean by that is this is some people have these analyses, they have these ROI calculators, or they have these little methodologies for valuing their 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 service to the market. But usually that's not a C-suite level uh, analysis. And so what we go through in the impact analysis process is a handful of things. We want to identify first the core value of the company. What is the core value? And, uh, and using one of our clients as an example and evoke, is uh, they came to the market as a uh, SharePoint, Microsoft Office 365, IT service provider and reseller uh, VAR kind of like organization. And when we dove into their sales team and what they're bringing to the market, that's what they were selling was these tools, but it's not how executives think. So we helped them reframe the value they're bringing to the market by understanding what do the things they do give. And by reframing that, we were able to pivot their entire business model. So, and this is a great example because for a whole year, they had hired us to just take their messaging and help them expand that to the market and get meetings. Surely we got them the 120 executive meetings they wanted, maybe a little lower level companies uh, with different scenarios. But he really wanted to climb up marketing, get more enterprise, get more mid, higher enterprise, large companies, enterprise companies at the executive level because he felt like he was adding value in those areas. And he had client examples that justified it as well. So going through a really deep analysis with them, we understood that he had a client that was 
paying them $2 million a year already. Well, look, if someone's paying you $2 million a year, it's probably giving that company $20 million in value or more, <clears throat> or they wouldn't spend that much money with you. So how and why? So we dove into this. We went through this really great strategic analysis of their, of their business in a live interactive format. And what came of it was that their value was around this area of automation instead of what they were doing. And they were saving companies huge amounts of time and huge, thus, accordingly, huge amounts of money. And in our re-articulating that, they were able to raise their prices by 5x and then create a retainer-based model as a foundation for their business, for their clients they were working with instead of project-based. And they were able to do a lot of things for their organization. And that got them conversations with the likes of Lockheed Martin and PwC and Deloitte and all at the C-suite level. And the list goes on and on, right? Because... They figured out the core story first. So the impact analysis is the centerpiece. And by the way, we're hired by some of the biggest companies, one of the biggest companies in the world to do just this and help them figure out their storyline to help them identify that core value so they can accelerate the lead flow and the quality flow and the quantity flow all at the same time, right? And that's what the impact analysis does. What is it? In essence, though, it's a tool that supports the sales process on the back end to articulate value, raise your prices, and get faster decisions quicker. And and what I'll I'll rephrase this a little too, which is in every company I've ever worked with, observed, seen, and for myself included, we have a perception of what we think we're selling to the client or customer. And then the buyer, the customer has a different perception. It doesn't matter what you tell them. Their perception of value is going to be different. And sometimes the value you're delivering is different than what you set out to go. In other words, they got a lot more out of that. So what you guys have managed to do is create a process, a system for figuring out what that is. And, um, articulating it in a different way. And that's part of what the impact analysis is. So let's let's move on to the next big thing, which is the sales system itself. And I'm going to throw in, we have an oh, by the way here, which is Nate and I created a, a video process system that you can get for free. Um, it's at linkstrategies.com slash sales, which is the entire sales system. But we're going to talk a little bit about um, the myth, which is, the old, well, that was a bad lead myth, okay? And uh, why don't you talk about getting qualified leads and actually closing them? Sure, um, absolutely, Mike. And that that uh, that program that uh, Mike just mentioned is really powerful in the uh, overview of what we call the rapport stage of developing a relationship that wins business. And I think that the myth that happens in the sales side, and we work with top fortune companies down to solopreneur management consulting firms, right? That are selling high ticket items. And these organizations all have um, the same needs effectively, right? They need to have meetings with relevant buyers and they need to be able to win that business. All of us have that. If you're listening to this, the only reason you're listening to this is because that matters to you. And if, those two things are perfect, then the world is hunky-dory and we're all growing and, and the great things happen. The, the, the truth is, and we all know this, we're all listening to this be, and because of this, is we're all trying to grow each of those areas. We're trying to get more effective, relevant meetings, and we're trying to close a higher percentage of those meetings. And so what we found is across the board is that so many organizations um, 
sell and they have this dynamic between their marketing and sales teams. The sales team is always saying, hey, the lead quality is too poor or is not enough. And the marketing team is saying, hey, these are great leads. You should be better at sales. And they have this unfortunate you know, dynamic that ends up happening between them that's broken. And we like to break that idea. Like I don't, I don't love that relationship. And so we come to the table and say, look, okay, you might be great at selling and your, your referrals and the market that you get. And obviously you are, you wouldn't be where you're at. I said, but with a brand new lead that's cold, that's new, that's sourced from nowhere, all of a sudden expressing interest and intrigue in your business, whether that's an inbound inquiry on your website or it's a program like ours that's driving an inquiry from an email response and or a phone call response or anything like that that says, yeah, I'd like to meet on this topic, you're now having to start from ground zero and there is no rapport, there's no trust, there's nothing in play. So how do you then address that call the right way? Well, that lack of training and that rapport stage is the gap between these two organizations having a great relationship. That's what it ultimately is because as a salesperson myself and somebody that loves to have, I don't like it calling it sales, I like calling it relationship building, right? Uh, who loves to build relationships. I know that everybody has a challenge and everybody has a goal and there's some gap between them on where they want to be, where they're at and where they want to be. So as a salesperson, my sole job is to help identify that gap and, and then shrink that gap into something better. Right. And, and so if our solution can help that, that's our job in the sales process. Well, most salespeople don't do that. What they show up as, and you can smile if this is true for you, which is they show up, and they throw up pretty straightforward. I don't need to say a whole lot more, right? We all, we all can laugh about that a little bit. They show up and they throw up, they throw up, pull up their deck. Well, let me tell you all about me and this feature and that feature and this benefit and that benefit. And it's like, oh my God, can I fall asleep any faster? Right. And this is what every SaaS company is trained to do. They hire a bunch of robot kids out of college to just follow the deck and then speak the speaking track. Come on, you know, solve the problem in a way that is going to solve their problem and you'll get significantly longer clients, significantly larger clients and significantly more referrals if you do it the right way. And that's what our process teaches. Yes. And I remember the first time I met you and I was like, well, how, 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 how do you do this? And you had to explain and give me the framework first. And, and the, the how is a lot of it through very long form emails, which are very different, like you said, very counterintuitive. The first time I saw what you guys put together for me, I was like, what? There's <laughs> no way this is going to work. There's no way. And um, what you've managed to do is hyper-target the audience you go after, do very long format, and then you've got a team that, first of all, ensures deliverability without affecting negatively affecting the brand. Um, without creating any spam, spam complaints, and you've got the tech to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you have the back-end people who understand my messaging and will never embarrass me. They are English-speaking um, people, um, your team, who actually nurtures the conversation to book the conversation in the first place. So when they are booked in on the calendar, they know they're going to have a sales conversation. They're talking to, and in, in this case, it's either with me or my, my sales guy, my rep. And along the way, what you're doing is hyper strategizing the 
parts of the business that simply are non-intuitive about both the sales process, the nurturing process, and uh, the enrollment process and, and the psychology. And I think the way you've gotten there is by having hundreds of clients, being able to test tens if not hundreds of millions of emails and know what works, and <clears throat> having measurable data to work from, from years of experimenting, is why this works and why it's virtually impossible to build something like this internally because you just don't have access to the markets, the industries, the psychology um, aggregated in one place. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. And let me just give you an example. You know, so what we do is we say, hey, look, you've got data, you have deliverability and message. Okay, You have these three little things here. And if any little piece of any one of those is off, there's over 200 what we call QA steps that ensure deliverability and engagement. If there's out of those, there's 16 what we call critical brand destroying functions. And then the rest of them are deliverability functions, meaning it just didn't get through. So if you understand, we spent 10 years learning these. And by the way, early on, it wasn't as pretty. So, I mean, you can go start with a startup guy who can, you know, at your brand's expense, figure out what we figured out 10 years ago, which is, which cost us a $160,000 client at the time, right? And it lost them a big client of theirs, which was worth seven figures to them, right? That's not what you want to do. We don't want to put anybody in that risk. So these 200 QA steps required, I mean, there's little things like how your email shows up, the words that are used, the formatting that's used, the spacing that's used, the... um the the way that the code behind the email system is built, the server that's being used. We actually build the server for you so we can eliminate half of the spam blocks in the marketplace, right? We have 65% better deliverability than Outlook and Gmail. I mean, it's like these things like stack, 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 they build up. And then when people say email doesn't work, look, let me just tell you this. We average a 40 to 60% open rate on cold email. Think about that, okay, average. Now, by itself, that blows everything else in the market out of the water, right? Then you think about of the opens, we average between a 10 and 25% response rate. Okay, that's unbelievable by itself if you just think about it. And we average on top of that, we average a 30 to as high as an 80% click rate on opens. Like, oh my God, doesn't it? I know you don't believe me, so it doesn't matter. But if you ever want to see that, we can show the back end, we can show the platform, we can show the statistics on a couple of clients that will let us share. And it is mind blowing. And then when you realize it's not just that, these are C-suite executives. You're like, is this real? And then I say, I still know you're not going to believe it because it's too good to be true. So we guarantee it. It's like, I just put the guarantee in because we're just so good at it. I know exactly. We'll do that market analysis. I know what your market is. We get that market. We have that market already identified. I don't want to give money back. So I'm going to give you a guarantee on what I believe I can deliver for you. That's the bottom line. And with the market you've predefined, it's like, it's unbelievable how that process works. Because I have a mission. Leah and I, my wife and I are here for a very particular reason. We want to accelerate the growth of conscious and transformational companies in the world. I want to leave my mark on the world, we want to leave our mark on the world by accelerating that growth 
for companies that are doing good for their people, good for the world, and good for social causes. One or all, whatever that looks like from your business standpoint. And if that's you and you fit, like you sell that high end item, like there is no reason we're not working together right now. No reason because we're a partner and we're a partner for the same cause, purpose, and mission in, in this world. Make it a better place and make it better for our people, make it better for the world, make it better uh, for our environment, whatever that looks like from, from what you're after. So, so Mike, I see these three areas. And I look at our QA process and I look at all the potentials for failure and it's like the learning curve is so steep and it changes so fast. Like there's a, and then the laws, I didn't even talk about that yet, Mike, but the risk of doing email campaigns the wrong way to the wrong market, country after country is coming up with new things called a GDPR law out of Europe and now in South Africa and France and Spain and Canada has CASL and California basically has the same thing. If you don't understand the laws and how to deal with them, I mean, a single email can cost you 80 grand to 100 grand in fees, right? Like if you do it wrong. So like that's all built into our process now because we've had to drop, you know, so many hundreds of thousands of dollars on legal to make sure we can even operate our business. So Anyway, hopefully that's, I, I got another soapbox there, but hopefully that was helpful. No, thanks, Nate. Well done. And uh, that really leads us to the, um, again, the offer, which is uh, we took the time to actually deconstruct and role play your sales process. And it is unique. It's psychologically sound. And unlike any other process that you might normally bump into, it's tailored specifically for having that executive level conversation. So can you talk a little bit about that, Nate, and um, what we put together and uh, what's what's included in that? And, and I might first pre-frame it and say, um, we did this as a role play. It's deconstructed and we framed it. So it's, it's ideally for um, you, if you're a CEO, founder, chairman of your own C-suite or Frankly, the sales team, you do B2B offers, um, and you're in the $3 million to $50 million range. All the psychology still applies, whether you're above or below it. And um, you need like 100 to 300 meetings a year with your most ideal market. And again, these would be executives, decision makers, check writers. But what else do you want to add to that? Excellent. Well, look, on the, on the sales side of things, I mean, ultimately... We have, we serve two primary markets, the market that Mike just outlined and that kind of three to 50 range. And then anyone above that 50 range, it's not so much about the size of company you are, but the scale and scope that you can handle. So you're either going to be in that bucket that wants that hundred to 300 meetings a year, or you're the company that's looking for, you know, a thousand to 12,000 meetings a year. And if you're in one of those two buckets, there's a solution we have for both of them, but the sales optimization piece of that is the same in, in all cases because all of our clients are selling to executives. All of our clients are selling a high ticket item, sometimes 50,000, sometimes 35 million. It's a big range, obviously. Um, and then we have um, the opportunity to really help you understand that model and grow through it by getting a lot of swings at the plate with a lot of executive meetings so you can fail forward fast and you can get and perfect that process. Right on. So here's what um, 
uh, we're inviting you to do as a listener, a viewer of this is um, you can head over to linkstrategies.com slash sales. That's where there's a little uh, place to download and get um, the video training, which is super short and direct. Next, uh, there's a transcript and a cheat sheet. So it's really a toolkit and it is filled with really, really good strategies that are not only easy to implement, um, you will see and witness the role-playing component. So in less than an hour, um, you'll really be able to digest some very advanced uh, content that uh, Nate's in the process of turning into a book right now as well. So you'll get an advanced access to some really powerful tools. It's super valuable. I can practically guarantee you that just going through this will improve and increase all of your sales capabilities, whether you're doing the selling or you've got a sales team. So absolutely. what do you think of that, Mr. Nate? I love it. And it's absolutely true, Mike. I mean, we're, 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 this is the language of selling executive, right? It's the psychology of executives. It's understanding how executives buy and it's understanding how they think so that you can be more effective at what you're trying to do. True. True. So um, one more time, linkstrategies.com slash sales to get this. Nate, thank you so much for uh, your expertise. Um, I know speaking for myself, it's been an absolute joy working with your team. Um, the process you have for doing the outreach is truly unique. Um, and uh, the way you communicate is is unique also. And, and the last thing you want to be right now with all the noise that's out there is doing exactly what everyone else is doing. And the fact that you've uh, figured out a way to get great messaging into the hands of executives, start a conversation, and uh, be able to uh, do that in a way that's brand compatible, where there isn't a risk to devaluing your brand, your domain, uh, and not having to dabble in traditional social media. What I consider the very, very noisy uh, channels today is, is, is awesome. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. Well, for uh, you watching, listening, uh, you can hit Link Strategies if you want to enter into a conversation with Nate or even start a conversation. You can send him and his team an email at natek at linkstrategies.com as well if you just want to go deep. So with that, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, we'll see you in the next one.